0: Hi, this is Jeff Dixon, and I'm the pastor of Word of Life Miami here in Miami, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast, and I'm so glad you've chosen to listen to this. Over the next several weeks, you will be listening to a series called Stopping Jesus. And this is not intended to be a message where we say, Jesus, we don't want you to do anything. But it's where we say, Jesus, stop. See what we're going through. See where we are. And would you move on our behalf? I hope you enjoy this series. I hope it does something for your life and challenges you to live even more for Jesus, I was sitting just a few weeks ago, and a phrase came out of Luke chapter 18, where Jesus encountered Bartimaeus. We've labeled him, right, blind Bartimaeus, but how many of you know that uh, he's not blind? We've labeled him as blind by his affliction, and how many times do we get labeled by our past? But God wants us to be labeled by the future that he's placed upon us. That's a little side note. But well, we've labeled him as blind Bartimaeus. But in the scriptures we will look at today, we see that Jesus stopped. He was on his way to do something very significant, and Jesus stopped. And immediately something rang in my head that he wanted us for the next several weeks to discuss something, and we're going to call it Stopping Jesus. Stopping Jesus. So we're going to look at a series for at least five weeks, maybe longer, called Stopping Jesus. It's interesting when you put out something on Facebook and just call it Stopping Jesus without any kind of description. Isn't it amazing how the world goes negative on you? I've even had people post on our Facebook profile that are anti-church, anti-Jesus, that they were thrilled at what we were doing. Oh, it's about time somebody puts a stop to this man, stop to this teaching, a stop to what is going on. And I thought, boy, you have no idea what we're going to talk about in stopping Jesus. Have you ever been stopped in your tracks? Maybe had that moment where you hear a screech or a shrill cry in the background of a kid that, Whatever it was you were doing, no longer was important. But you had to be—you had to stop instantly and address. Maybe it was just the silence. I have young enough kids that silence is a scary thing that we must deal with—the uh, stopping power of silence. But uh, things can happen that can cause us to stop. Today we could subtitle it: "He stops, we stop." He stops, we stop. Um, through this series, we're going to look at people like. And the man was lowered through the roof. Remember that story? If you grew up in Sunday school, you might remember when they the friends lowered the man to Jesus through the roof of a house. I don't know if I were the owner of that house. I might be a little ticked, uh, but people will go at all kinds of lengths to get Jesus' attention. Um, we're going to look at Mary and Martha as they stop Jesus on his way to heal Lazarus, and we're going to discover some things about ourselves in addressing Jesus. We're going to Look at Judas when he stops Jesus and kisses him on his cheek, and we're going to discover some things about ourselves through that. Um, We're even going to look at um, Jacob when he wrestles with the angel. Many scholars believe he wrestled with Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus. We're going to have fun with this series, but today we're going to look at Bart. Go with me if you can to Isaiah 66. I think most of this is going to be up on the screen Uh, So you can follow along in my translation, which is the ESV translation. But if you like to take notes in your Bible, uh, you can turn there as well. Isaiah 66. Uh, We're going to set the stage just a little bit. This will probably be our opening scripture throughout the entire series. And this is a powerful scripture. It's also quoted in the New Testament. But this is great. In Isaiah 66, verses 1 through 2, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is is my throne, and we discovered some of that today in worship. The earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me, and what is the place of my rest? I want to stop right there because Jesus is not asking if we can build something for him or if there's a place that we have prepared for him to rest his feet. When I was reading this, I felt like he was almost saying, how on earth can you even come up with something that is grand enough for my place of rest or my place to put my feet? For I've created the heavens and the earth. I've created everything. How can you create something that is worthy enough for me? But at the same token, he says, but I've created something within you that you cannot create. It's righteousness portrayed right here in an opening scripture. I've done the work. I've made it possible for you to enter in, for you to encounter me, for me to encounter you. There's not a work that you can do. It's grace personified right here. In scripture, And in verse 2 it says, All these things my hand has made, you see it coming to light right now. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one in whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. You see right there that last line. He who is humble, the one whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. I'd like to do this if I can, but this is the one whom I will stop for. I want to ask you this morning, how do we find ourselves in a position in which Jesus stops for us? Are we humble? Are we contrite in spirit? Do we tremble at his word? Have we found ourselves in a position where we're in such an awe of who he is? That his very presence walking to this place transforms our way of approaching him. Therefore, it dramatically affects his path and he stops for us. Father God, I thank you for your presence in this place. God, I thank you uh, how you've moved. I I thank you that we've already been touched. That we could even leave these uh, doors, leave these four walls of this place that we are worshiping in, worshiping You, our King. And we could already say we've had an incredible encounter, but God, I I pray that as we uncover Your Word, this be a time still of worship, but God, we would have a greater revelation of who You are, Your love for us, and how we can uh, see Your manifestation, see Your power, see Your move through our lives and for our community. In Jesus' name, Lord, unveil Yourself to us through this. Amen. So, there's the theme. that this is the one in whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. And let's look at one who has a similar encounter. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Dave, you've heard me address some of this before at a men's breakfast. When I found you were coming, I thought, how interesting. that This is a one of my favorite Things. This is. I I preached a message uh, a little over a year ago about some of the questions Jesus asks us, and uh, Jesus asks a question in this very passage. But before we get to that, I want to just read and highlight and point some things to you. In verse thirty-five, Luke eighteen, verse thirty-five, it says, "As he, being Jesus, drew near to Jericho, now." Setting this, Jesus is on his way to celebrate Passover, but more importantly, to give his life. I mentioned earlier that he was on his way to do something pretty drastic, pretty dramatic, and it was to, to right the wrong that was begun all the way back in the garden. See, when Adam and Eve did what they did, and they took matters into their own hands and separated themselves from God. From that very moment, God had a perfect plan in place, and his name was Jesus. And we have gone 33 years of Jesus' life now, and he is walking on the path to write that course. This is pretty significant. Jericho lay along the Jordan River just north of the Dead Sea, and it was the last stop of a pil- that any pilgrim might make on their way to Galilee, to Jerusalem. This, at this time, because of Passover, the city is extremely crowded. There's a lot of people there. As a matter of fact, there's so much going on, it might be hard to distinguish who might be crying out or who might be hollering. There's a lot of noise. We could use this word chaos. There's chaos all around. And when uh, a distinguished rabbi, which Jesus would have been considered a distinguished rabbi among his followers or any teacher was on a journey like this, As they would walk along the path, many people would gather around him, walk with him, and he would just teach on his walking. Large crowds would follow him. Okay, so there's the stage. Jesus is walking on his way to his death to make us right. This is pretty significant. He's got a crowd of people around him, and he's teaching as he's walking, and a blind man is sitting by the roadside. Now, it was also common amongst this crowd, that there would be beggars all around Palestine, much like this blind man. We'd see panhandlers, we'd see them lined along the roadside, much like we see uh, at interstate sections. You know, you see them all over Benton Benton County, for sure. Um, We also probably would expect that this particular blind beggar, Bart, had his spot. And the regulars in the area would know that that was his spot. And In verse 36, hearing the crowd going by, this man, he, inquired what all of this meant. Of course, there's already chaos, there's already noise, there's already extra people in town. Jesus is walking by, he's teaching, there's a little bit of chaos, and the crowd around him tells him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus, this man from where he is sort of from, at least where he spent the majority of his childhood, is passing by. That's interesting. I like to recognize when there's some scriptural nuances or differences, not contradictions, but there's some things in this scripture that stand out to me that are a little bit different, because the man asks, who is walking by? The crowd says, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and in verse 38, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, did they tell him Jesus, son of David, was coming by, or did they tell him Jesus of Nazareth was coming by? I think it's interesting. The crowd had an idea of who the man was as far as his origin, but a good Jewish person, no better than that. Somebody who had a revelation, and I don't know how he had the revelation, other than something about the presence of the man that was walking by, connecting with something with the man that had a desperation for change upon his life, that might speak to us in this place, that we might need a desperation of some kind of a touch within our lives, and if you come into a place like this where Jesus is bound to be walking in, walking through, or setting the stage to already be here, if we come in with a desperation for an encounter. There's going to be somehow that the Holy Spirit is going to impart within us an ability to have a revelation of who He is. And in this moment, this man cries out, not Jesus wherever you're from, but Jesus, Son of David, implying Jesus the Messiah, the Rescuer, the one who has come to retain mankind back to a connection of fellowship with Jesus, the one who can heal me of everything that has set me apart negatively that has caused me to be ostracized, that has caused me to have no connection with a meaningful relationship with society. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. It's interesting, verse 39, those who were in front, they rebuked him, telling him to be silent. You know, when we have a revelation of who Jesus is, when we really get it, there's going to be people that can't stand it. They're going to silence us. They're going to want us to... Be quiet. They're going to want to shut us up, shut us down. They're going to not get it because they haven't had this connection, this revelation with who Jesus is. But this man, he still cried out the more. Now, the first time he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he might have been yelling out, but the description here says he cried out even more. There was an even more emphatic expression, a louder cry out, a greater need, a greater longing for a connection of this king to need to stop in his tracks. You see, the first time it might have been Jesus, son of David, but the next time it was Jesus, son of David! Have mercy on me. And in verse 40, and in verse 40, Jesus stopped. Wow. Amongst all the chaos, Amongst everything that was going on around, this man who had a revelation of who Jesus was in this moment was able to, amidst the path that Jesus was going on to save all of mankind, now one man was able to stop Jesus in his tracks. He commanded that this man be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, Oh, walked into this room today and looked you in the face specifically and said what do you want me to do for you what would your answer be what do you want me to do for you how would you respond have you thought of that before what would your answer be maybe my answer would be give me hair Maybe maybe my answer would be, give me more influence in my city. Maybe my answer would be, allow healing virtue to flow from my fingertips. I don't know really at this moment what my answer would be, but I know that this man had come to Jesus with a revelation of what he could do in his moment. And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, Recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately, immediately, like instantly, like I have you seen on Facebook or social media those those uh, short videos where, They've, they've put the implants where somebody all, all of a sudden can hear for the first time. Or lately it's been these, these glasses where people can see color for the first time, and you see the, the expression, the, the immediate change from what they were to what they now have. I can only imagine this immediate encounter that blind Bart has had, or I should now say seen Bart has had. Immediately he recovered his sight. And look at this, and he followed him he followed him, glorifying God, and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. He followed him. You see, when Jesus, when we have a revelation of who he is, and then when he responds to that revelation, the only response then that we have is to follow. There's a move on our part when there's a move on his part. He doesn't do things to cause us to stay where we were. He didn't move on Bart's life so that he would stay in his spot and continue to beg. He moved on his life to bring a change upon him whereby he would be a follower of Jesus, making a lasting impact upon the world that he's around. So I've got some observations that I want to share this morning from a stopping Jesus. Just a few. Just three this morning. Just three observations real simple observations. Observation number one, Jesus stops for you. Why don't you say that? Say, Jesus stops for me. Now look at your neighbor and say, Jesus stops for you. See, the interesting thing is Jesus, or Mark, the writer of this gospel, uh, places this story of Jesus healing Bart right after James and John have asked We could say Jesus if they could be his vice presidents in his new kingdom. If you'll recall in Mark 10, verses 42, uh, Jesus has called them to his side, and he says, well, let's just look at this. He says, you know those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Next verse. But it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Continuing on. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Again, I miss that scripture. Just before that, they had asked, Can we sit at your right hand when you're in heaven? And that's when Jesus responds to them this way. You see, upon this dissertation of Jesus correcting their folly, so to speak, see, what happened here is they sought power, and he taught them to seek service. They sought or wanted greatness. He offered sacrifice. They were thinking only of themselves. He told them to think of others. See, it's interesting that this has happened. And now Jesus is going to demonstrate some things. You know, Jesus might have been walking on a journey towards redeeming all of mankind. But in a moment, he stopped and demonstrated that it might be for mankind, but it is still for one. It's like the young boy that is walking along the seashore. Many of us have heard it, and he's throwing starfish. And there's thousands and thousands of them on the on the sandy shore. And he's throws, throwing starfish back into the water. And uh, an old man walks up to him, and, and he says, Young man, what are you doing throwing all of these? You'll never, ever make a difference. And he looks at the old man, and he says, I made a difference for that one. We've got to stop at some point. So... They want to make a difference, but they wanted to make a difference from his right hand seated in glory. And he tells them, just as I said, it's not power, it's service. It's not greatness, it's sacrifice. It's not you, it's them. So he showed them how. He stopped. Not just heading anywhere, but he stopped, headed to the cross, his destiny. He might have been headed to save all of mankind, but he stopped for one. But I want to remind us for just a moment that his deal was probably bigger than yours. His situation was probably greater than yours. The load that he was bearing was probably bigger than the load you will ever bear. the stress that he was going to face is probably greater than any stress that you could if you are overwhelmed. You can only imagine the weight that he had. But He stops for you. He stopped for a blind beggar who wasn't an important person at all. But if you cry out to Jesus, he stops for you. Uh, another thing it makes me think of is bef- when we first moved here. I didn't. Ha- I, I've now have an office above the bank here in town, which has been wonderful for for me. But for a while, I had the office at my house, which was great. It worked good. Um, but one of the things about officing at home is I, my children had access to me. And I made a point, Vanessa and I even discussed this, that if my children came into my office, I didn't care if I was studying, I didn't care if I was in the throne room of of heaven. If they walked into my room, I was never going to ask them to leave. They were not going to have this where I looked at them and I was too busy for my kid to come sit on my lap. Now, we did have a little side thing that I could send Vanessa a quick text and say, you you come be the bad person. But I I wanted to make sure that my kids understood that they were always welcome to come sit on my lap because I wanted to illustrate for them that no matter what, they were most important. I wanted to show them also that by how they entered into my presence was how they can enter into the presence of God. Now, I'm not God. I am going to fail miserably more than I get it right, and He is never going to fail. He's going to get it right every time. But just as I stopped for my children... More so than that, God stops for us. How does he stop? He stops to heal, to give wisdom. The Bible says if any of you lacks wisdom, all you have to do is ask. What do we ask for wisdom for? Help me with this kid before I wring its neck or her neck or his neck. Help me love my spouse more. Help me know what to say to this hurting person. Maybe you're going to be Jesus to a blind Bart. Help me with this decision. Have you ever asked God for help? That goes with wisdom. Helps us so he stops to heal, to give wisdom. How about give us revelation? Remember when he stopped at the boat? When we talked about expanded revelation? And he revealed who he was to those on the water? Observation number one, he stops for you. Observation number two, we must follow Jesus. We must follow Jesus. And looking back again, Jesus said to him in Mark ten fifty two, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, this is interesting, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him. Isn't it interesting? Jesus said, go your way. The man followed him anyway. I I love this because when we've truly had an encounter with Jesus, we can't help it. We can't walk away. We can't be pushed away. We can't be asked to go a different way. We have to follow him. It's a must. It's within us. We must follow him. There's not much to say beyond that. When we've encountered Jesus, when he stopped for us, we must follow him and my third observation my final observation let's spend a couple more minutes on this we must stop for others we must stop for others and i'm going to pull from another scripture for just a moment because it's still jesus talking and anything he teaches us we should listen and it's a it's a parable that that addresses how we need to stop for others. So Jesus has demonstrated that he stops even on a journey to save all of mankind, right? But if you'll recall from Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And behold, a lawyer, this is verses 25 through 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love your Lord, the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desired, but he desiring to justify himself, said, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down the road. When he saw him, he passed on the other side. So get the picture. Walking down. Oh, I'm going go over here. I don't have to deal with that. Just a real simple picture, right? So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side. Now, the only time I think that it's appropriate to pass on the other side is if that dude's got a gun and he's coming at me. Maybe not. Have wisdom from God. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, now remember when we've talked about a Samaritan, Samaritans were considered half-breeds, right? It's interesting that Jesus would use a Samaritan in this parable. The the least likely candidate for Jesus to use, the least among least, is the one that Jesus is going to use as the better person in this picture. And he journeyed. As he journeyed, he came to where this beaten man was. He saw him, and he had compassion. It's an interesting, Jesus is comparing a half-breed almost to himself. Jesus is all through Scripture saying, is demonstrating compassion. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he should have been mourning the loss of his cousin John. but The Bible says he had compassion, and he began to heal the sick. And then he taught them, and then he fed them. And he went about to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. It's, I, when I was reading this, I thought to myself, this is just, I don't know, maybe it's not funny, but to me it was funny. I was, wanted to say, so here walk in a priest, Levite, and Samaritan. And it's kind of, to me, it's like a joke, a funny joke. I was going to say, so a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan walk into a bar. I, I don't know. Anyway, but the, the priest, you could say this was a pastor, right? The Levite might have been a church staff member, a board member, an elder, maybe you, And then I have already addressed who the Samaritan was. The important thing is, as Jesus said here, the one who showed mercy. Actually, the the, uh, lawyer answering Jesus' questions, the one who showed mercy. See, that's what Jesus did when he came across Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Seeing Bart. We've got to fix these titles. When Jesus saw Bart. And he made him seeing Barts. So if Jesus stops for us, and if we're followers of Jesus, then we will stop for us others. Do you see the progression? Do you see the progression there? See, it's not about the roles. Jesus mentioned the three, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. It's not about who they were. It's about who we are in Christ. It's about having compassion. It's about doing something about making a difference and realizing we don't wait till they come into these doors, these walls, and dealing with their needs. It's about what are we doing. You've heard me say this over, for those that have been coming here regularly, you've heard me say this over and over and over. What we do here is a celebration of how we've been church out there. This is not church. Church is how we demonstrate Jesus to the world out there. We've got to show mercy. We've got to show compassion. We've got to make a difference in our world. And the only way we really demonstrate that Jesus got a hold of us is if we stop for others. Well, I sure hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I hope it's challenged you and enriched your life. I hope it's helping you live a life closer to service with Jesus Christ. Hey, if it's done anything for you today, if it's meant anything, we could use your support. And there's several ways you can do that. First off, you can pray for us. Pray as we're doing our church plant here in northeastern Oklahoma that God is totally blessing all of our efforts. But also in the area of support, if you want to give financially to what we're doing, you can go to our website at wlmyama. Com. That's W-L-M-I-A-M-I dot com and click on the Give tab and go through the process there to contribute. And also, if you are in the area near Miami, Oklahoma on a Sunday morning, why don't you join us for our live experience at 10 a.m.? We'd love to see you. God bless.